Alright is Alright is Alright, what is up guys? Monday man, let's get into it. We are going into day going to be in Genesis. Um Genesis four. We left off at verse eight. So we're gonna be getting into that. And it's gonna be good. It's gonna be awesome. Four verse eight. I put in Genesis one. Whoopsie dingle. Let's move that to Genesis four. Let's go to the window capture. Bada bing bada boom look at that. Super fancy, right? Um but verse four. So um that's where we left off. So verse four. Why do I keep saying verse four? Chapter four, verse eight says, Now Cain talked uh with his uh with his with Abel his brother, I'm fumbling. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Now to get more context, check out my other podcast before this. Um uh because I went over all of this, but just a quick refresher. So right now Cain killed Abel. Um and the Lord said to him, verse nine. Then the Lord said to Cain, "Where is Abel, your brother?" He said, "I do not know. I'm your brother. Am I my brother's keeper?" Basically, being sarcastic, being um, real snarky, snippy towards God um, when God already knows the answer, but God um, is asking him in order that he actually could repent and confess the sin that he did, which is killing his brother. So, verse ten says, "And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out from the to me from the ground.'" This is New King James, by the way. Um, and this is an interesting thing. Now, this could be just God saying, okay, you know, you, spill, you spilled the blood of your brother on the ground. It's crying out to me because I'm a just God, right? I need to, um, something needs to happen for the payment of you killing your brother, right? Because you did an evil thing. And wages of sin is death, right? As we know, is Romans 6, 23, uh, I think. And, um... You know, God's saying, now, could, is is the voice of Abel literally crying out from the ground and saying, oh, like, avenge me? I don't think so. I think it's more like a metaphor, but it could be. We know in Revelation that it says the souls from underneath the altar cry out to God and say, ask for, you know, when are we going to be avenged? So, potentially? I don't know. Um, probably not, though. It's just him saying, hey, you spilled your brother's blood on the ground and there needs to be, there has to be, uh, right, proper justice and judgment in this situation. So, verse 11 continues. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Again, I think this is the same thing. I don't think the earth is, has some mouth that opens up and just swallows Abel's blood. I don't think that's a, it's a metaphor. It's saying you spilled, you spilled the blood of your brother on the ground. You killed him, and now you're going to be cursed from that same ground that you spilled your brother's blood on. So, verse 12 continuing. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Now, this is interesting. We know that Cain um, is one that didn't do ranch work. He was a farmer. He did uh, vegetables and and fruit and things like that. And actually, that's why one of the reasons why uh, he killed his brothers because he was angry. He gave a fruit offering to the Lord and the Lord didn't like it. Again, check back the last podcast that lacks study and you'll get more context on that. Um, but this is interesting because it said, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. Now, what does that mean? Well, we can go kind of two ways here. Um, it shall no longer yield its strength to you, meaning, hey, um, one way is saying, because you're going to be a fugitive and a vagabond, you're not going to be able to settle in one spot. You're not going to be able to really toil and till the ground to be able to have, uh, 
to give it strength to you in the sense of you're putting forth your effort into it and you're taking care of your fruits and your vegetables and it's going to grow up and give it strength to you as in it just growing and providing um, food for you. So that's one way. And another way it could just be, hey, no longer are you going to be proficient at gardening, at, at doing farm farmer's work because the thing that you have done um, – and it's no longer going to uh, help you, uh, give it strength to you. So I, I tend to lean because of they're a fugitive. And what is a fugitive? A fugitive is a person always on the run, never having a real home, a, a never having a place to stay. And this is what Cain is going to be um, in a vega bond, somebody that doesn't really have a home and having to kind of go to and fro to different places. So, and verse 13, continuous, says, And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. You know, Cain is crying out to the Lord. Really, it's a plea uh, that he's like, I just can't take this. This is too much for me. It's a plea to God in order that he may um, not take this punishment. Uh, and we can see this uh, continuing with verse 14. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And uh, then this again goes with verse 13, how it's a plea to God, and he's saying, this is far too greater than I bear. You know, like, I have to hide myself for you because if anybody finds me, they're going to kill me. But then even in this judgment towards Cain, God is giving... Cain uh, some protection. He's actually pleading him in a sense to give him a way of protection that we're going to see in verse 15. So continuing, verse 15, the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone find him should kill him. Now, this is something as a comfort to Cain, because now he's sitting there, oh, I'm going to have to be on the run. All the days of my life is going to be terrible. They're going to know I killed my brother. And they're going to say, whoever finds me is going to kill me because of what I've done. Uh, and theoretically, this is the first recorded murder. So this could have been the first ever murder, technically. We don't know. But uh, if this is the case, it's more reason for him to say, they're going to kill me, right? I'm like the first person that has ever killed somebody, so they're going to kill me. Again, we don't know, but it's something to um, just kind of think about. I think my alarm's on oh, my alarm. Sorry. Um uh, but the Lord is uh, putting a mark of protection. Now, some people say that this mark of protection is a mark as in, like, making Cain, like, a black person, like, making him Ethiopian, like, putting, like, a black mark, like, a birthmark or something. I don't tend to think that. It doesn't really make sense. The mark that it says, we have no idea what it is. Um, it just says mark, right? The... There's nothing fancy. I'm not going to say, oh, in Hebrew, it's just Mark, right? It's not like a skin condition. I mean, obviously, it's a skin condition in the sense of it's on him, right? Um, but it's not him just being a, you know, Ethiopian, darker-skinned person. This is not, you know, all the uh, darker-skinned people didn't come from Cain, which some people believe that. Um, but doesn't seem to be the case uh, from this. Um, that's actually why a lot of people can draw racist conclusions from this because they're like oh yeah that's there's the one cursed by god because they have the mark it's like that's no that's not it so anyways continue verse 16 then cain went out from the presence of the lord and dwelt in the land of nod on the east of eden 
So an interesting thing talking about the uh, Cain leaving the presence of the Lord. That could just be him actually leaving the uh, presence of the Lord at, while uh, the Lord was talking to him. So that makes sense. Um, but again, I think it's more uh, metaphorical to how he's leaving um, and, and really embracing that curse that God has given him. And again, how he has disobeyed. Because not one time has Cain come out and said, oh, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I'm so sorry for what I've done. He hasn't done that at all. So we haven't seen any sort of repentance happening in Cain's life. So um, moving forward. Uh, to verse 17 and Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch and he built a city and called the name of the city after his son Enoch um, so we know that as a common uh, Hebrew colloquialism to know your wife is to have relations with her and then they uh, had a child and it was Enoch and depending on how you map out the names Enoch is the seventh from uh, the line of uh like listed from the line of Adam. So, and uh, could make sense. There's a lot of symbology in that, how Enoch actually, we know that he was an incredibly righteous and uh, moral, holy man. Not, you know, he wasn't perfect, but uh, God favored him and he was very righteous that he actually was caught up. He didn't have a bottle, uh, he didn't die bodily, but he was um, brought to heaven directly. Um, just by God taking him up. So he didn't die. God just took him up to heaven. Uh, same with Elijah, I think. I always get them confused, right? Elijah and Elisha. But with that being said, guys, hopefully y'all enjoy. Uh, we're going to continue it back at verse uh, 19 when we come back. So hopefully you enjoy uh, the podcast. And as always, y'all have a blessed one. And think about yourself a lot less and let's think about God a lot more. Y'all have a blessed time, and I'll see y'all on the next Monday, Mana. Peace out.